Welcome to the Leadership Pathway, Episode 2. I'm Dave Miller and I'll be your host. No hypey music, no guests, just you and me talking about this issue of where the next leader comes from, where the next you is going to come from. You know, I was a pretty good kid growing up. Well, I was a good bad kid. I could talk my friends into doing things that I probably wasn't brave enough to do. It got me kicked out of a little bit of youth group in Sunday school and at the Christian school where I grew up. The cops never came to the house, but um, I did get in trouble on occasion. And I do remember this one um, conversation, and it's frozen in my mind. You know, there are, there are days, much like you, where I can't remember what I had for lunch or what I had for breakfast, but then there are conversations and there are moments from our lives and it's like frozen in time and we remember the sounds and the smells. And I remember Brewster McLeod was wearing a paisley mauve, mauve paisley shirt buttoned all the way up and it was in the 80s. We were at some sort of conference or gathering and he was looking at me in the hall. I can't remember exactly if I was in trouble or he was just trying to inspire me. But I remember him looking into my eye, putting his hand on my shoulder and saying, you could do this with your life. You could be like me someday. And then fast forward, I have this memory of going home after the retreat, looking at the back of his head in what we would have called a church bus back in the day before there were safety protocols for such things. This thing was a death trap, as I recall. But I was looking at the back of his head, and I was thinking to myself, I want to be like that guy. And then fast forward, there was a new music minister hired at my church. And up until that point, I mean, my church was a great church, but music people stood in a pulpit wearing a coat and tie, waving their arms, singing songs that were hundreds of years old singing them very well with an orchestra and a hundred-voice choir, but still, it was a little weird. And this was the first guy that ever put the drums on the platform. And I walked in at a Sunday night service, and there was an overhead projector. For those of you under 30, you can look them up in museums online, but it was keystoned up the wall with handwritten lyrics. The lights dimmed, and he began to lead worship, and I thought, I want to be like that guy. And he let me play bad keyboards and bad music, and and I went out and I led worship for 15 years. Now, in 1 Samuel 3, there's this amazing story where Samuel's living in the temple. Not sure why he's living in the temple. You could ask an Old Testament scholar that, but anyway, God comes to him three times in the middle of the night, and he keeps running back to Eli, asking Eli, did you wake me up? And then Eli says, just answer the next time you hear that. And so sure enough, the third time, Samuel answers the call. Now here's the point. I'm not a Bible teacher from 1 Samuel 3, but the point is the voice of God in my life when I was in middle school sounded like Brewster McLeod, my youth pastor. When I was in high school, It sounded like Rick Murray, my worship pastor. Eventually, it would sound like a guy named Jeff Moody. It would sound like a guy like Mike Bro, who challenged me to be his intern after college. Eventually, Greg Chandler, Glenn Schneiders, Bart Rendell, Andy Fry, Saul Reyes. 
These were all people fundamentally between ages 14 and 24 who continued to pick up the baton. We would not have called it coaching. We would not have called it residency or internships or mentoring. But these were the people who did more for me than just say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. I'm sure whatever decision you're going to make on the direction of your life, the Lord's going to be in it. Now, we need those people. I'm not down on the power of prayer. I believe in prayer. But we have a generation that needs more from us. They need more from you and from me than just saying to them, well, I'm sure it's all going to be okay. Coaches are these powerful people in our lives, and we'll talk about them in a future episode, but coaches get more out of us than we get out of ourselves, but it begins with calling. Never, I don't think ever in history have we been so wrapped around the axle about what we're going to do with our life. I was interviewing someone just this week, and she had no idea what she wanted to do. She was graduating soon with a communications degree. Seems like a dynamic individual, but has never thought about it. And Kristen and I, my wife and I, challenged her at the table to do something grand with her life. And I didn't just say, well, I'll pray for you, and I'm sure whatever's going to happen is going to happen. No, we, we might have been the voice of God sitting at the table that day for lunch. So we need more calling than we have. Back in the day, the phone would ring. We would run to the kitchen to answer a telephone with a cable attached to the wall because we were excited about who was calling. And this is what we've got to get back to. The youngest among us need to be called to ministry. So fundamental in answering the question, who's the next you? I I don't know what the answer is that takes less than a decade, but I do know that there are third graders and sixth graders and eighth graders probably running the halls of your church who need somebody to look in their eyes and say, you know what, you could do this with your life like Brewster did with me when I was in middle school. And maybe in that moment, they will look back 20, 30, 40 years later and realize that was God speaking to them. And they may have sounded like a goofy youth pastor. You may think you have no right and no business putting that on them, but I would argue that we have to do it. So leadershippathway.org, if you want to read more, if you want to go there and find things that help you uh, get tooled up to do just that, this has been Leadership Pathway. I'm Dave Miller. I'll see you next time.